This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up? What's up? What's going on, y'all out there in podcast land? Welcome to another episode of Us Cincy Fan Talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP. Welcome back to the pod, y'all. Let me welcome myself back. Um, I had all types of schoolwork to do. I won't even hold y'all up. Super busy. Tried to hop on. Couldn't. But I'm here. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. Um, I'm trying to ride the intro out for like five, six minutes because I don't really feel like talking about what happened on Sunday for real. But, hey, so I'll be here, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and get to it and do it. Um, we got Bengals talk popping off. We got some Buckeyes slash college football stuff to talk about and we're gonna get into some teacher movies man we're gonna we're gonna talk about my favorite teacher movies and the worst one i've seen the worst ones i've seen because they all in one little pot you heard but man this this is what i told somebody at school about the Bengals. the Bengals should have won a game that they should have lost by 21. (laughs) If you didn't see the game, that makes absolutely no sense to you. Let me say it again. The Bengals should have won a game that they should have lost by three touchdowns. If you saw the game, you're probably looking like, damn, you're right. Like, they should have won, but they shouldn't have won. They really should not have won that game. And then you watch the game and you watch into his entirety and go like, damn, they should have won that game. It's like you caught in both of them. It's... Man, look, first things first. I know people like, you know, it was bad play calling. The coaches should have threw challenge flags. I get all that. Um, what if our field, what if our long snapper didn't get hurt? We had to go with the backup long snapper. I get all that. Why didn't Kevin Huber just fall on the ball and then kick it on fourth down? Cause they had third down, right? I get all that. Dang. Why they kick it to the Steelers? Why they punt it to them and give them like an extra 15 seconds to work with? Cause they should have just ran the clock all the way down and then punted with like 40 something seconds left. I get all that. I hear you. I feel you. But check this out. 
the last time a team with a minus five turnover margin won a game? 2012. <laughs> Real talk. The last time a team turned the ball over five times more than the other team and won was in 2012. You are not winning a game if you turn the ball over five times. Not not in this here NFL. <laughs> it's not happening. So I get that we all salty. Um, I was super salty because and that's the thing about Sundays with the Bengals. My wife, my wife hates it. And it's not that she hates football. She really, really likes football. It's the fact that you feel like you've been like wrung out like a wet rag after the end of a three, four hour viewing period with the Bengals. That's what they put you through. And, and honestly, that's the NFL. If you're a fan of the NFL at all, your team takes you on a roller coaster ride for four hours, three and a half. And when it's over, you just sitting there drinking like, damn, what's next? <laughs> what now? <laughs> like you can't go watch something else because it don't have that same type of energy to it. I mean, it is wild, man. But I admit it was some questionable play calling. It really was. It, it was some stuff where you look back and like, dang, if, if that happened, if that would have happened. But it's like I tell y'all, y'all heard this all last year. Y'all going to hear it again. And you know what I'm about to say. Every NFL game is decided by about four or five plays, six tops. Whoever makes the most plays out of those six wins the game. And the Steelers, you got to give it to them. We don't like them. <laughs> Not at all. But you got to give it to the defense. They came to play. They saw that the offense was rusty, and they hopped on them. And I know people talking about, dang, well, what if Joe Burrow would have played more? The offensive line needed more time to jail and stuff like that. To me, that's the Monday morning quarterback talking. That's what it is to me. Because if the Bengals pull the game out, you're not hearing all that. You're hearing about how gritty the Bengals were, how Joe Burrow found a way to pull it out. You're hearing all that. So we really can't go with the excuses, y'all. We really can't. And if you ask a Bengal that plays on the team, they'll tell you straight to your face. We did not play well. And we still had a chance to win. We just didn't pull it out. That's why I'm not really concerned about this game. I'm salty. <laughs> um, it don't sit right with my spirit, but I'm not like about to just hop off the bandwagon because they took a close L. I mean, it's the NFL. You're going to take some close L's. I think the Bengals was like 7-5 and five in one-score games or something like that. Like, they lost a lot of one-score games early in the season. They started stringing them together late. So it's not like we new to this. Like, we, we true to this. We get it. I say two things, one negative, one positive, that'll kind of shape the Bengals' season. Number one, the negative part. If the O-line doesn't gel, if they don't get it together, it's going to be a long season. And we've been saying that for the past couple of years. So it's not like we're preaching to – we're basically preaching to the choir. They upgraded the O-line positions. Like, they upgraded them a lot. That's what we heard. So what we're hoping is that what we saw 
isn't the new Bengals that are the old Bengals. We're really hoping that they're just going to kind of work that out. And I get it. It's the first game of the season. You're playing against a team that loves to blitz. They're going to bring it. They had TJ Watt in there. Mika Fitzpatrick was out there doing us dirty. Like, <laughs> But if this becomes a week-to-week thing, like it was last year, I mean, it's going to kind of drain the spirit of the team because this is the part of the squad that we thought was fixed up. That's what we thought. That's what you pay the money for, right? So that's what we need. And I feel like I feel like this is one of those anomalies. I feel like it's one of those things where it happened, you learn from it, you get better. That's what I'm hoping, which brings me to the positive. And it's the whole overarching theme here. The Bengals had no business even being in this game. They they re- there were so many times I wanted to turn the channel for like 30 minutes and then just come back to it. Cause I'm not just going to leave the squad, but I was like, I just can't, I can't keep watching this, but it's like right when you wanted to give up hope for that week, Bengals defense makes a stop right when the ball gets turned over again. You're like, damn, this thing is over. They're about to get into the end zone, hold them to a field goal. And I, I kept tweeting this. I'm like, the Steelers are going to regret not getting touchdowns. And wouldn't you know it, the Bengals an extra point away from taking this puppy home. you got to give it up to the defense because the defense has figured out something that we all know. I think they figured it out first because they get paid to know this. But they know that if they hold on long enough, Burrow and the boys are going to get it together. It's really about the defense doing what they need to do. There's no way the offense is going to play like this all year. Yeah, I'll be for real. You think Joey B throwing four interceptions every game? Like, you think this happening next week? I go on record as saying, you're not seeing four interceptions from Joe next week. You're not seeing eight interceptions in two games from Joe Burrow. It's not happening. I predicted before the season started, that the Bengals would beat Pittsburgh and lose to Dallas. That was the prediction. But now it's like I can't. There's no way I can say they're going to lose to Dallas. Now, understand, we all we all got that Mike White syndrome, you feel me? <laughs> like that Mike White syndrome is kicking in. Like we thought we had us an easy dub going, in the, um, going into the Jets game last year. And – up 11 with six minutes left. We're like, man, we're taking this puppy home. No, sir. Things went bad. Things went really, really bad, really, really fast. So there's no way I'm about to sit up here with you and guarantee that we're about to pace Dallas because they got a second-string quarterback out there with a line that's getting ran through with the lack of a running game with no – receiver options for real with a team that just gets penalties on top of penalties yet you won't hear me say something like yeah this a this an easy dub nope Mm-mm. this here's the nfl you got 32 teams full of grown men who do this for a living you think they're about to just lay down because the Bengals came to town and they got their backup qb no nah. 
I can't see, especially at home, especially after they just lost their first game. They're going to come out here with something to prove. So I say 30-21 Bengals. This will be a close game up to the fourth quarter. Don't sweat it. Don't be like, man, I should be blowing these boys out. This ain't college, man. Like, there are no easy W's on the schedule. You can't look up and down your schedule and go like, yeah, we got them. They trash. Uh-uh. We, it's been proven time and time again. It takes one week of loss of focus to just get destroyed by anybody. <laughs> Real talk, man. We've seen that happen to our squad. We've seen our squad do it to other teams. So let's not just mark easy W, all right? What Dallas does have is a very strong defense. So they're going to bring it for like a a good three quarters. But I feel like the Bengals are going to have too much for them. Bengals by nine, y'all. That's what I got. And uh, we got the support group popping off <laughs> for uh, on Twitter. Um, if, you, if you need a check-in or something, if you like during the game, like I'm about to spaz out, let, let me check in with the squad. Just hit us up, man. We got you. We'll we give you some, some common words, maybe. I don't know, man. It's just the NFL. College was like that, too. Um, Mass college teams got popped on Saturday, man. It was wild. Notre Dame lost. um, Wisconsin lost. Texas A&M lost. Like, it it was just, it was wild. And they're losing. I won't say no-name teams. Like, you can't be no-name if you just be the big boy. But they're not the teams that you thought would hand these teams dubs. And it got me, oh, well, you know, O-State, they did their thing. O-State won. It is wild that people were really concerned about Ohio State after they beat Notre Dame 21-10. to 10. Oh, man, you only beat them by 11. Like, come on. Understand something before I dive into the college football playoff talk. Understand this about Ohio State. All winter long, all spring long, all summer long, all you heard was Ohio State defense soft. Ohio State can't stop nobody. Ohio State has lost their hunger. They're not as tough as they used to be with, with Urban running the show. They're, they're not as strong as they used to be. They've been eating this up, and they've been hearing this. And you got to digest that. That's the sucky part about losing to your rival, man. Like, you get them once a year in college football, and you get that dub, and you get to talk cash money records all year long. And it's been good as a Buckeye fan. We've been talking cash money for like the past 10 years nonstop. Man, I've been relentless at my place of employment, man. I've been at work giving Michigan fans the blues, like real talk. Like I'm, I'm throwing up the OH. When I round corners, like, I'm teaching my entire classroom the Ohio cheer. Hey, and if they're a Michigan fan or something already, like, I'm not going to fail you. But <laughs> understand that I'm looking at you a little sideways. Like, was you, was you raised right? Like, <laughs> they let you in here? No, I'm just messing with y'all. But that's been me on the job. And to have Michigan real life just – 
like bum rush us like that and you got to eat that up for like a full year and and michigan fans they wow not saying that we wouldn't do this because we definitely will so i'm not gonna hold you up but they like yeah y'all haven't beat us in two years we didn't play last year but y'all ain't win last year y'all ain't win that year that's what we doing huh we we counting non-play years I, i like that style but and that and that's the thing that's what that's what Ohio State players have been hearing all year long. So at some point, that's going to get in your soul. That's going to be like, oh, that's how you really feel? Like, for real, we're going to show you something. New defensive coordinator. And the way they won at Notre Dame was against Notre Dame was absolutely beautiful. And people can say it's ugly. You know, C.J. Stroud wasn't cooking like he normally do, but he did his thing. And the Buckeyes leaned on the running game, and they leaned on stopping their opponent. That's something that they couldn't do last year. Ohio State wanted to, you know, run and gun and outscore you. But now it's like we feel like we got the defense to do our thing. And that should be scary for the Big Ten and for everybody else. I mean, Michigan came through. You got to give them credit. They, they, They lightweight ran the ball down our throats, up and down the field. And Ohio State was like, okay, that's what we're doing. If we got to win like that, we will. If we got to score 48 points to win a game, we will. If we got to play field position and beat you with 21 points, we will. Yeah, that's the mark of a, of a championship team. That's what it is. You're not going to be able to play your way all of the time. It doesn't work that way. At some point, you're going to have to play a game where the other team dictates how you play. And you got to work around that and go like, oh, so that's how we playing? No doubt. Let's do it. (laughs) Middle school story. (laughs) And it's weird how, like, these always flow into, like, me middle school coaching, but I've just had some of the weirdest experiences, like, being a middle school coach in the city. Like, this is a year coaching basketball where we we had like definitely the best team in the league but i don't think other people really knew it until they played us because we weren't like extremely tall but everybody could shoot and this team what i loved about them so much was they they enjoyed playing defense not like oh it's time to play d like they used to get hyped up to play defense and it was wild i'm like okay we pressing everybody then and they would they would real life enjoy taking the ball from somebody else like that's what they wanted to do even more than scoring they were like yeah let's hop into this press i'm like man this is awesome so that was our thing we would speed you up take the rock if somebody's over four or three cool if not drive the ball to the lane Put it up, we get to play defense again. And like we had kind of instilled, like, yeah, we get to play defense. They were happy about it. So we're like four and oh, we're, we're cruising on in the year. And we play this team on the west side of Cincinnati. We're on the west side. They were way on the west side. <laughs> and and if you're from Cincinnati, you kind of know how it goes. Like if you're a west side or most west siders, they don't really cross that Western Hills viaduct. They don't really do that. Like <laughs> west siders are west side all the way. It's crazy around here. So we don't like the way west side of Cincinnati, next to the river west side of Cincinnati. And we walk into the gym 
And we're like, dang, did we just step back in time? Y'all, there's no three-point line. My bad. There's a three-point line, but it's like rigged up with tape. There's tape around the three-point line. And the three-point line has to be about a free throw away from the basket. This was not a normal three-point line. I mean, this looked like a regular jump shot. So I'm looking at the ref like, yo, ref, we we shooting threes today? They're like, yeah, anything behind the line is a three. It's it's the best three-point line on the west side. And we like, so this is what we're doing, huh? Okay, we ready to play. Let's get it on. So we looking up, no referee. And we like, okay, so we don't have a ref. So we're about to leave. Some some guy, I think he was in his uniform already, like his referee uniform. I don't remember that part. But either way, he made it known that he was an official, like he's a referee. He's also the parent of one of the players on the other team. So it's decision time for us. We like, it's a long bus ride back home, no game. And the boys are like, oh, yo, Mr. Parker, Mr. Parker, we better than them. We got this. We got this. I'm like, so y'all want to play? Y'all want to play? They like, yeah, we want to play. So we like, all right, let's do it. Let's see what the fellas got. Now, mind you, this is the ref. That's the parent of the players, of one of the players that we're playing against. So the game tips off. Boom, we're down four. Okay, whatever. Boom, we're down eight. Okay, whatever. We sleepwalking, fellas, but let's get to it. Boom, we down twenty. Whoa, 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 Time out. Now, the referee, you know, we, we looking at him heavy. We looking at him hard. And he making some shaky calls. They wouldn't be as shaky if we didn't know his affiliation, like, but since we knew how he was affiliated, we like, dude. And I just kept reminding him, like, look, y'all wanted to play, right? But y'all ain't acting like y'all want to play. And they were playing like this weird style where they would, you know, cause it's their gym. They would kind of hold the ball, hold the ball, kind of slow us up. Cause we like to run a gun, slow us up, kind of run a little slow play. Boom. Quotation marks, three pointer. Like, this is not a three. Like, what are you doing? So, um, I, I'm looking like, look, and, and I'm upset at this point. Not really at the situation, but the fact that the boys, they wanted to play, but now they don't want to play because they're dragging. I'm like, look, we're here because you wanted to be here. They're not playing our game. They're making us play their game. Let's go. Let's let's body him up. Let's play hard. And I kind of told him straight to the face. I'm like, look, you want to be a champion? Like, is that what you want? You got to prove it now because it's not going to be sweet all of the time. Like, it is not going to work out our way. We got to figure out how to make it work for us. That's the goal. If you want to be a champ, it, it got to the point where, you know, they started making their comeback and they're all hyped up. And the team calls a timeout, and they kind of go to the huddle. I'm like, no, don't come to the huddle. Don't come over here. <laughs> I'm like, stay out there. Stay in position. Let them know we're ready to play. So they're in their press, just standing there, waiting for the other team to come back out. And coach is looking at us like we're crazy. Like, <laughs> And I knew the coach. Like, she was – it's so funny. Like, she was my old, like, athletic director. So she's kind of looking at us like, 
Parker, what you doing? I'm like, they came to play. Like, so they want to play. They're going to have to stand out there and play. We ended up pulling out the win. It, I, I would say it was probably – I as a coach, I, I don't usually remember the wins unless it's like a big game. I can remember all of the losses to the detail. <laughs> I can tell you what happened, what play was run. But the wins are kind of like I'm happy that the team won. But for me, it's kind of like on to the next. I remember that game because I remember how hard it was to win. It was because the gym was small and the crowd was loud. I'm like, this is a loud crowd. I'm like, is this whole place made of metal? Like, why is it shaking? And the boys came through and they got the win. And that win really helped us for the rest of the year because I could always come back to that. I could always be like, look, remember we were like way west side? And remember everything we had to go through to win that game, but we won. Remember that? This, what we're going through now is light work. This is easy compared to that. We can pull this out if we stick together and we do our job. Those are the types of wins that you can kind of build upon. And I feel like that's what happened with Ohio State. They found them a win. It wasn't necessarily a way that they would win, but they won it. And they did something that people said that they couldn't do. So for the rest of the year, it's kind of like, remember Notre Dame? Remember how they tried to play us? And what did we do? We played their game and still got the dub convincingly. And I feel like those are the games that make champions. Like, that's what those are. And they're going to have a tough schedule the rest of the way, but I, I feel like they can do it. I don't think any team is going to go undefeated in college football. I think everybody's going to stumble. Maybe not Georgia because their schedule is light work for real. I don't know. Kentucky's playing pretty good. so. But everybody else has a pretty difficult schedule. So I don't really see anybody coming away undefeated. Like I told y'all before, I think if Ohio State loses one game, it'll be against Penn State. That's what I think. But I think they'll have more than enough to pull it out for the college football playoff. And as far as the college football playoff goes, and I can make this super short for real. People that are saying that it shouldn't be extended to 12 teams. People saying that that's going to ruin the regular season. Man, please. For one, there's 64 teams in the college basketball tournament. The regular season has meant little to nothing since 85 <laughs> and people love the college football tournament college basketball tournament march madness is what it's about so that's basically going to be football yeah the regular season is not going to mean as much not for real but you're sacrificing a little bit of regular season exposure for a ton of exposure in december and let's face it you got two three weeks in december where nobody plays football Nobody, unless you're watching the practice, nobody's playing football at all. So you're taking those three weeks in December, and we're playing games on college campuses. Man, you can't beat that. Like, be for real. Like, imagine Penn State at home playing against, I don't know, USC, and the winner gets to play Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. 
man, you can't tell me you don't want that. You, you can't tell me that. And the best part about it is now you have something that everybody can shoot for. There have only been 13 teams that have made the college football playoff. 13 original, 13 separate teams that have made the college football playoff. 13 in like, what, 19 years or something like that? That's wild. I read somewhere that if the college football playoff had expanded to 12 teams back in 2014, we would have 41 different teams in the college football playoff tournament. That's that's amazing. You give other teams something to shoot for. Yeah, they may not finish one through four, but they could get in that nine slot. And they could play another team for the right to continue in the playoffs. And that's all anybody's asking for is a chance. That 15 seed in the college basketball tournament almost never beats the two seed. Almost never. But it happens, right? And that's why we watch. <laughs> so the college football playoff expanding to 12 is nothing but a win-win for everybody. I feel like if you don't like the college football playoff expanding to 12, you probably just don't want to get money. You probably don't want to see other people get money <laughs> for real. Cause I, I can't really think of an argument against it. I mean, you could say, well, you extending the, you extending the season for players and they got class, but that's laughable at this point. Y'all care about class for the players. Now you got them flying from Columbus to Oregon and from, Tuscaloosa to wherever. Nobody's talking about that then. But when you want it your way, you want it to contract. I think people just kind of want to keep the money in their pocket for real. Let them boys play 12, man. 12 teams. <laughs> hey, you got a Cincy fan talking with LP? We'll be right back. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Cincy fan talking with LP. And this is a Cincy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to a Cincy fan talking with LP. And, of course, this is LP. Um, I was talking with one of the homies. They were talking about like what their favorite movies, favorite types of movies were. You know, they're like, I'm a fan of comedies. I'll sneak in a rom-com every now and again into the action movies. I'm like, you know what? Real talk, as a kid, you know what I always like to watch? Blew their mouth with this one. I used to like to watch teacher movies. Like movies where the teacher or the coach of a high school team or something like that was the focal point. I used to love those movies. I, I kind of knew I wanted to be a teacher a long time ago like when I was a kid because those movies used to fascinate me. Like, how did the teacher get those kids to do that when they didn't want to? Um, if it was a bad movie, why is this movie on? Like, <laughs> But as I got older, I kind of, you know, once I started, you know, really wanting to be a teacher, I, I watched them with a different eye. And I was looking for different things. I was looking for realism. Like, does this make sense? Do teachers really do this? You know, stuff like that. So I started kind of thinking about it. And I'm like, 
dang, I like a lot of different teacher movies. I mean, I was watching 187 relentlessly in college, and I didn't even know why. I just found it fascinating that, like, this teacher got driven to do the stuff that he did in 187. I'm like, dude, just quit. Like, I don't understand why you just don't quit. And when I became a teacher, I understood why he didn't quit. Like, I understood, like, he's like, this is what I do. Like, this is what I want to do. I don't know how to do anything else. Now, my man's was a little overboard, like, you know, cutting off kids' fingers and stuff like that. Where they do that at, man? You really trying to get fired, like, and go to jail, too. Then I would have quit. Like, if it comes down to me having to do that to get the respect of, no, I'm good. <laughs> There'll be none of that. That's that's wild. <laughs> I'm like, sir. And I found out that the movie was kind of sort of true. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that's that's out there. If you haven't seen it, I if I'm putting it on the Sensi Fan Talking scale from zero headphones to five headphones, I would give 187 I would say two and a half headphones. So two full headphones and then you'll just see one ear. <laughs> That's what I would give it. Because when you think about that movie, it you you kind of go like, dang, this is really deep. But watching it, you kind of go like, whoa, sir. I think I would have quit a long time ago because it's not worth that. <laughs> so I give it a two and a half. So a two and a half would be Eh. <laughs> that's what a two and a half is. <laughs> can can you make that sound? Can I write that sound on paper? Like, nah, I would kind of need to type that out, make it go. Eh. <laughs> so, I, I kind of ranked my teacher movies. Um, I got six like favorite favorites, and I kept expanding the list. I kept going like, okay, my top ten. Okay, my top fifteen. I'm like, dude. Ain't nobody about to sit here and listen to my top 15. Like, I don't want to listen to my top 15. Not for real. <laughs> like, I'll read it. I'll blog it. So, I got six, y'all. I got six. Six Ascensi fan talking movies that got at least four headphones. All right? So, at number six, Freedom Riders. Now, at first, I only gave it three. Like, when I first watched it. Because I'm like... Come on, man. Like, let the white girl just come in and save the whole hood. I used to hate those movies. Like, the white teacher just come in and, yay, everybody's awesome. But when you watch Freedom Writers for the second or third time, you understand, like, homegirl, like, you know, of a different race, she real life came in and decided, in order for me to teach these kids, I need to know these kids. And once I started thinking about it like that, that's what started propelling it kind of up in my head as a much better movie than I gave it credit for. Because she could have easily been like, you know, I'm out the back door. Like, I'm, I'm cool. I don't know these kids. I have nothing in common with these kids. I don't know how to reach these kids. She didn't do that. She was like, you know what? There's something I don't understand about them. And in order for me to teach them, I need to understand it. And also, Freedom Riders was just, it was a real movie. It wasn't one of those, yay, everything is happily ever after. Like, homegirl real life lost her marriage because she was putting so much into teaching. She was neglecting 
her home. And that was kind of wild to me. I'm like, most teacher movies don't show that. You know, you'll see the husband marching in to the school with his wife, becoming like a little teacher dad, like stuff like that, like a, a room dad or whatever. He was, I um, I would say rightfully upset that, I mean, homegirl ended up with like three jobs. She had a job as a teacher. She got another job to help her get money for her classroom. Then she got another job on top of the other job, on top of her teaching job. I'm like, dang, like I would never, <laughs> like, whoa, I love teaching. And as much as I love teaching, I'm not about to get three jobs. At some point it's like, man, we, we hitting teachers pay teachers or something like, mm -mm. no, sir. <laughs> but the husband was kind of like, you know what? Like she, she loves this more than she loves me at this point. And they couldn't fix it. It, it was, it was real. Like you could kind of see the disconnect happening too. Like they were kind of close in the beginning. You could just kind of see it widening apart. I appreciate movies like that. Like they show every single side of being a teacher because it's that work-life balance that takes years. It, it, it took years for me to get to the point I am now as a teacher because teachers will tell you the first couple of years, they're taking everything home, loaded down with stuff, grading stuff at home. The kids are like, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, nope, I got a grade. I got a grade. And it took me a long time to realize, like, if I don't get that corrected, one thing is going to be up here and the other thing is going to be down here. And I'm going to end up messed up. But it's that work-life balance that people, especially teachers, have to work out. And I thought the I thought the movie did a good job of showing that. Um, five Dead Poets Society. That's the five headphones, if I've ever heard of one. So, yeah, Robin Williams did his thing. I mean, dude, it's Dead Poets Society. Like, I mean, that's all I got for it. And on my little review list for this, you know, I kind of type in something I know I'm going to talk about and then just talk about it. It just says Dead Poets Society. And <laughs> that's it. Like, that's what it is. Four, election. This is one of those, it's one of those dark comedies, man. I've always been into dark comedies. And and this, this is a weird, dark comedy. And I gave it four and a half because, like, one is funny. It's it's is is it gets risque like there's like an inappropriate student teacher relationship and I'm like do that making my stomach hurt like <laughs> so there's that but overall like watching the characters interact and stuff like that like it, it it's a really it, it's a really funny movie and it kind of shows what happens when teachers really it it <laughs> you you got to see it Matthew Broderick is in it. Um, with that Reese Witherspoon is in it. Uh, it it's a funny movie. I'm warning you now. It's a dark comedy, so like, <laughs> there's some stuff in there you kind of go like, "Whoa!" I know when I saw it, I go like, "Yikes!" Like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but I mean, it's a definitely for it. it has star. It's funny and it has a really good message. So definitely check that out. Three stand and deliver. Hey. 
any movie where you have a math teacher that gets a full class that doesn't like math to not only enjoy it, but to excel in it. That's the movie for me, man. Like, I'm a math guy, so Stand and Deliver is definitely up there. I mean, that, that's a classic. That's up there with Dead Poets Society, and it's up there with Lean On Me, and that's one of that's another five-star. My number one was kind of controversial in the household. I put Coach Carter as number one. Like, hold on, hold on. First off, there wasn't even, I mean, most of the movie took place in a school or in another school. And basically, his whole message was centered around education. So I'm like, Coach Carter is my number one. The thing I liked about it was, number one, it, it put basketball and school together. And for two, it showed a coach with a real life message. Because I can't count how many times as a coach, I had to kick a really good player off my team. Because they just they just couldn't get it right. And I'm like, it, it messes me up as a as a teacher and a coach. Because I'm like, I want to see you succeed, but I know if I keep letting you slide, you won't. So I got to mess us both up now so you'll get it later. And it's a really messed up thing because you don't want to take basketball away from somebody like that. Like you really don't. But at the same time, it's like you got to set a standard. You have to set a standard because it has to be about more than basketball. And if it's not, you kind of sort of doing it wrong. And I feel like. Coach Carter really got that message and put it forth in a good way. I mean, it's like, I remember days <laughs> where I would get reports from the teachers and they'd be like, yo, Parker, man, so-and-so in my class cutting up. I tell them I'm gonna let you know. They start laughing and saying, he ain't gonna do nothing. I got players, C's and D's. So what I would do is go like, okay, we got practice four o'clock, make sure you're there. And they would get all dressed and everything. And I would say, we're going to sit in the middle of the circle. We're going to sit in the middle of the gym, get your books. <laughs> and we're in our workout clothes doing work on the middle of the floor. And I didn't tell them beforehand. So everybody came to practice, ready to practice. But I'm like, we got school work to do. Y'all not doing it in school. So we got to do it here. And this happened for like a week. And I didn't tell them beforehand because I knew if I told them, they wouldn't come to practice. And they don't want to miss practice because they couldn't play in the games. So it was kind of like catch 22 for them. And I'm like, until the grades improve, this is what we doing. I'll let you know when you get here <laughs> if we're ready to play or not. And it's one of those things where if the kids buy in, you can get them to a different level that's bigger than basketball. And that's what I really appreciated about Coach Carter. It was like you get to see the kids playing basketball. That's usually where a lot of these movies stop. But then you get to see the kids in their own environments. And then you get to see the coach navigate his ideas about school and education and sports with the community's idea. And the community is like, yeah, we're going to use sports to lift us out of where we are. And Coach Carter is like, we're going to use sports as a tool to get us to another station where we can have options. We can do sports. 
We can do college, but the choices are to us. We can do both and we can use sports to get us there. I used to always kind of laugh like, dang, he only asked him to get a 2.3. You got the whole community wilding out about this? Like, <laughs> dude, what's wrong with y'all? But it's just one of those movies where, I mean, it's it's always been a, a favorite of mine. If I could give it five and a half headphones, I would. But five is the limit. So those are definitely six movies that I, I take time out and watch all of the time. The worst teacher movie I've ever seen, and I'm kind of cheating when I say this, but it's the truth. Any teacher movie that comes on Lifetime is automatically the worst movie I've seen about a teacher. Automatically. Yo, people, what you doing watching Lifetime? First off, mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Like, I, I watch what I watch. And <laughs> I see the teacher movie on Lifetime, and they always the same. Um, the teacher in me or a teacher's regret. Or what else? Oh, I saw one with Jennifer Lopez in it. It was like, it's called The Boy Next Door or something like that. And she had like a full-on relationship with this guy. And and then got stalked by the guy for the rest of the movie. I'm like, didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, and that's the thing. Like, in movies, they kind of like to play that role and stuff. For one, as a teacher, it's kind of sick in there. Like, I don't want to see that. I really don't. Like, can we get some different content? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't desire to see that. It's gross, <laughs> for one. And for two, in the movie construct, we see it coming. And, like, Lifetime will have, like, an entire day lined up. Counselors stalked by student. Teacher stalked by student. Student likes teacher. Teacher doesn't like student. Student stalks teacher. Like it's like five straight movies, and and I know this because I'll click on the guide on the TV and I'll just read it because it's a teacher movie. I want to see what it's about, and I just read the guide and I'm like, oh, wasn't that the last movie? When the... Absolutely awful, man. Like if you see a teacher movie on Lifetime that's good and you can direct me to it and i agree i i will take off the the zero mics for lifetime movies like i'm giving a broad lifetime teacher movie zero mics i mean zero headphones just off the strength that it's on lifetime now i'm not gonna hold y'all up the ones that i do like like i will watch <laughs> the lifetime movie where the the I, I saw I no lie I saw a lifetime movie one time where the guy had, th had three wives, <laughs> three in different parts of America, like one on the west coast, <laughs> one on the east coast, the one in the Midwest. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I got me laughing on the mic. Dude was skinny as hell at first. <laughs> and then he had to eat at all three different like houses for Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> he was fat as hell. <laughs> like, and his wife kept asking why he's putting on weight. 
<laughs> he had to make up these bullshit excuses. Like it was, it was insane. Like he had to real life eat full meals at all three houses because he was married to all of them and they was waiting for him to come home. I'm like, you gotta be the dumbest man alive. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, before they found out, he probably would have died of like a coronary or something like that. I mean, he's killing himself. And I'm like, what excuse could you possibly make to be gone from the other two homes for like weeks at a time? Well, he was a doctor, but I mean, how many speaking engagements do you have, sir? Like, <laughs> I I watched that movie from beginning to end. I laughed the whole way. Wifey was like, would you get ideas? I'm like, I never want to be this man. <laughs> he has to be the most unhappy man on the face of the earth. Like, <laughs> He's living three separate lives and paying for it waistline wise. Um, what else? Mentally. <laughs> this guy had to be a wreck. I had to go. <laughs> Hey, uh, we're going to go ahead and get into this next week. Um, you know where to catch me at. Um, make sure you catch me on Twitter. You know where I'm at on Fridays. You know, we 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 live tweeting through New York on the cover, so catch us there. Um, we on Sundays um, checking out the game, hopefully not throwing something at the television. So check out the live tweets there. And, hey, if you have... If you got ideas or you know you you agree or disagree with something we talking about on the show, make sure you hit the anchor message button and let me know. You might find yourself on the show. So as always, y'all y'all know what it is. Life is good. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.